Well, welcome to the podcast. This is a chat with Hank, and I'm Hank Moltola. As a veteran-owned business, and I say this often, it's wonderful to connect with individuals and share content that educates and creates greater awareness, especially in terms of what others are doing that brings a unique approach to something that's very familiar or ordinary. And that's what we're going to chat about today. Uh, Today, I have an opportunity to spend some time with Susan Danzig. Susan is the founder of Susan Danzig LLC, where she focuses on business development coaching specifically for professionals in the financial service industry. Uh, She's been, uh, for the last 20 years, she's helped financial service professionals understand, create, and bring clarity to their true value. And she does this through collaboration that defines a practitioner specialization which in turn fashions very um, effective marketing strategies and those result in greater success through increased revenues and, and growing client base. Susan is a certified business development coach and has further enhanced her skills by attending one of the premier uh, coach training programs in the world. Specifically, w- why I wanted to bend her ear today, <clears throat> Susan is also a certified Master Neuro Linguistic Programming Practitioner. Um, I know that's a mouthful of words for me, but it's and it's a really unique approach that helps to align a practitioner's mindset with the growth of their business. So it really brings a distinctive uh, methodology that, for what I have, uh, for what I've seen, is not often util- utilized, but rather I should say it's dismissed or overlooked as perhaps not being vital or an essential component of the marketing growth design and implementation, which is a mistake really to not consider everything, including the importance of mindset and attitude and or mentality into the equation. I've been engaged in meditation and mindfulness for some time. And you look around and notice how meditation, mindfulness and and mindset are becoming more mainstream. And perhaps I can get her back uh, on another podcast in a bit, and we can take a much deeper dive into the mindset methodology that can, uh, you know, that's really the distinguishing component or can be the distinguishing component between failure or the success of a practitioner's strategy. Uh, We chat about her personal path, uh, the driving factors that really guided her to where she is today, and more importantly, how one can better utilize proven strategies to create a more valuable practice, but not just value in terms of revenues, uh, but its distinctiveness, its quality, and its capabilities. And now I bring you a chat with Susan Danzig. So I'm here with Susan Danzig. Susan, uh, thanks for your time today and taking some time out to chat. It's my pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm really finally, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited we finally get a chance to chat, uh, you know, with you, especially considering the subject we're going to go over. And the great benefit, obviously, you're aware of podcasts, is that it really allows a lot of, you know, greater insights into a business solution that websites aren't necessarily going to deliver, especially when it's you know, something so critical as a growth and refinement of what we're going to discuss today as it relates to financial practices. So, I always, I always like to start chats off on a, on a personal side. So what in, inspired you really to venture into this career you've had? Was it a 
progression of responsibilities? Was it happenstance? Did you have you know someone in the family who was a a teacher, a professor, a coach that kind of guided you or or, or planted the seed? A little bit of both, uh, actually. And uh, my my path has been a little bit on the windy side in terms of how I came into this. I didn't know about business coaching uh, when I went through college, so it wasn't you know, a goal, so to speak. And my mm-hmm. father uh, was a professor at a dental school as part of what he did as well. So we have the teaching aspect uh, in the family genes for sure. Uh, however, after college, I got real interested in personal growth and participated in uh, some organizations focused on personal growth, at which point mm-hmm. I was asked to lead uh, coaching for uh, one aspect of this organization. And as it turned out, the folks that I was coaching, they all of them were entrepreneurs and they mm-hmm. gained a lot of value that they expressed from our conversations. And I loved the coaching. Uh, I found that it was intuitive. I really enjoyed making the difference that I made. And in terms of holding them accountable and seeing the results that unfolded for them, I just found it uh, an exciting path to be on. And then what happened was I met somebody uh, at the Peter Montoya organization uh, who was exiting and there was an opening there as a business coach there. And it Mm -hmm. made a lot of sense at that point to pivot and focus on financial advisors. And his focus was really on personal branding as it related to creating an overall strategic plan and so with that focus, uh, I, that was the beginning of my path in working with financial advisors. Wow. So let me ask you, did, uh, did you ever see your dad teach and was he a dentist or did he have a PhD and, and he taught specific subject at dental school? Well, actually he uh, did have his own practice. And so he mm-hmm. uh, practiced and he taught, he had a, a specialty in what's called the TMJ area, the temporal mandibular joint area. And he was a professor at the University of California in San Francisco in their dental school as well. Oh, that's really cool. That's really cool. So, and a great thing is, is, you know, with regards to conversations I get to have with people, I often get to speak to entrepreneurs. And is is there a, a thing or two you wish you knew at the start of your coaching career that you could perhaps share with listeners who may be considering uh, an entrepreneurial path? Absolutely. Uh, A couple of things, actually. One of the things that I learned early on was about really setting advisors up to win with a marketing plan. And one of the things that I do now that I find is really critical to support their overall thinking in terms of the direction for the year is strategic planning. And so I definitely invite folks to think uh, strategically and think on a bigger scale with regard to what are the results they want to achieve by the year end? What is it ultimately they're uh, looking to accomplish? Who do they want to be serving? And what do they want to be offering? Uh, And then the next thing that I would say is... uh, you want to be open to where the opportunities will come from and notice, you know, what you're, you know, are you getting any intuitive hits about pivoting in a different direction? Are there any opportunities that are coming up that are different 
that what you might have thought you would be doing originally that deserve your focus and attention. So that's what I would say, because as you're creating momentum, as you're really thinking through the impact that you want to have, and as you start taking action and heading in a different direction, oftentimes there can be other opportunities that uh, are presented that are worth looking at. Right, right. Yeah, I, I had that experience that I, I thought, hey, this is what I'm going to be doing. And then as you go down the path, you get more information. It's like, well, here's here's other opportunities that exist or a path I might want to go down. So so let's kind of dig in just so we're all on, on the same uh, page, uh, so to speak. Uh, give the listeners an overview of specifically what you do and who the audience is. Okay, great. Uh, well, I am a business development coach for financial services professionals. And what that means is my clients hire me to help them strategically grow their businesses. And how I help them uh, strategically is in thinking through their branding, their marketing, and their client attraction strategy. Mm -hmm. And with regard to the marketing, uh, you know, how to create a personalized marketing plan to help them consistently attract ideal clients and convert them to ideal clients. You know, oftentimes in working with seasoned advisors, what I find that there's there's oftentimes time uh, time and space and room for refinement, even when they have a highly successful practice. And so uh, with regard to the strategic planning that I mentioned earlier, I definitely invite you all to take time out and really think through your area of focus and how you want to sharpen the saw for the year ahead. Right, right. So it seems often that, you know, an implementation of a marketing strategy, and and this is really regardless of industry, it's really approached with good intent, I I would say. You know, it's approached with excitement and and with vision and uh, an expectation of success. Uh, Looking at our industry, why do practitioners drop the ball or, or what happens to them to get interrupted with this process? It's a great question. Uh, A number of things can happen to interrupt the process. And one of the things could be that they're very successful. They attract a lot of business and they take the time off the calendar to keep looking at what they're moving forward marketing wise. And they fill it with those new clients or those new prospect meetings. And what I would say is uh, you all, regardless of what you have going on and the business that you're bringing in, you always want to keep time on your calendar to look at the results, to look at what's working, to look at your focus in terms of who you want to attract, and are those in folk, in fact, the ideal clients that you are attracting, so that you're taking stock throughout the year. Whereas uh, what, what's pretty commonplace is folks getting excited and inspired and strategic in the beginning and then going off course at some point and not taking stock until the end of the year. Okay. All right. So I, I know for practices that have utilized our services, whether it's uh, compatibility matching, some of the placement services, due diligence, um, you know, principal agent solutions, our initial discussions we typically start with is what I would call a 
a discovery meeting where we learn about the specifics of a practice. And outside of the the quantitative aspects and, and business models, it's really not, I would say, uncommon for a large practice or a large percentage of these practices to appear kind of analogous to other practices. And it's actually, I would say, refreshing uh, to see how some have distinguished themselves very uh, uniquely relative to the competition. Uh, I don't know, perhaps it's just that we see, you know, collectively, we see so many practices in the investing public does not. And that may, that's maybe where they all start to, you know, have a parallel think to them. But, you know, with these endless choices, you know, for clients, how do you help advisors and, and practices really stand out in the marketplace? Well, typically where I start my work with a practice is by looking at their brand and taking stock of, of their brand. You know, who is their target market or the ideal client that they want to attract and serve? You know, are they doctors? Are they teachers? Is, is it the more affluent, you know, what is the, the focus of the who they're serving, number one? And then number two, what is their area of specialization that their ideal clients are requesting, know that they need, front of mind? And, you know, whether it's financial planning, investment management, you know, charitable giving, uh, you know, and how does the advisor or the practice bring that messaging together so that it's simple, it can be consistently integrated in their conversations, in their marketing materials, so that the team is aligned and on the same page. You know, they really want to have a great consistent message that describes and that effectively communicates how they stand out in the marketplace. And then from there, what I invite them to do is create a uniquely branded system so they can have a step-by-step -step way of communicating their overall value that they bring to the table when they're working with their ideal clients. Right, right. Well, I'm glad you said, <clears throat> I'm glad you said branding because you know, I, I see planning practices and, I, and again, it's not just industry specific. They, they try to do everything related to, to marketing and unless you have a great deal of revenues or, or capital to hire people to you know, specifically focus on numerous uh, marketing strategies. Uh, you know, I've, I've seen that the initial attempt is almost a shotgun approach where you do everything, but once you reflect uh, after a certain period of time, they, they don't accomplish what they intended. And obviously this leads to frustration and perhaps pessimism on existing or future marketing efforts. So which are the most effective marketing channels for established practices who are, who are looking to grow their business? Typically, it's client referrals and professional referrals. Uh, if they have an established practice, they can have 100 plus ideal clients already. And mm -hmm. where the branding comes in place here is when they fine tune their message and their communication strategy, when they're meeting with their clients in their annual reviews, they can also include uh, the part of the conversation of, oh, you know, and, and what we've noticed in terms of those that we've served or we're doing some work on our branding so that we can be more effective in our message and share that message and also share about their goals to attract an additional 
20, 50, 100 clients that they want to serve in the next year or two, whatever your, your bold goals are, so to speak. And in sharing a consistent uh, and a simple message with your clients, that can be a great way to attract client referrals. And then as well, the same with your professional referral sources, your CPAs, your estate planning attorneys, you know, those COIs. To uh, oftentimes those folks are, you know, being approached by lots of financial advisors and lots of financial advisors are wanting them to refer to them as well. However, if you can stand out with a message and a brand that's memorable for them, that'll support them in more effectively and more frequently in uh, referring to you. Okay. So, so let's break this down a bit between client and centers of influence. Cause I believe the best time to ask a client for a referral is when the client is the happiest and perhaps it's at the account opening or, or reviews of accounts. And, uh, and, and I know a lot of advisors, they kind of resist asking their clients for referrals. How would you coach an advisor to become more disciplined in, in that strategy or that process? Sure. Absolutely. And you're right. This is a common challenge for advisors. Oh yeah. You know, I was one at one time, so I recognize it. Okay. Yes. It's like they, they don't want to be seen as the, you know, uh, somebody who's desperate. And sometimes, you know, sometimes, oftentimes I'll say they have a limiting belief about asking for referrals or asking Mm -hmm. for the business, which has that, which, you know, deters them from asking. And, uh, and so how I work with them around this is uh, around the thoughts that come to mind and their mindset around sales, first of all, and helping shift their paradigm of sales, which frequently has some negativity in the mix, and to really get them focused on the value that they're providing to their clients and, you know, all that's possible for their clients because of the value they're providing to their clients and really get them uh, clearer about, you know, all of that positivity that they're supporting, basically. And then as well, I have a background in neurolinguistic programming. I actually have a master certification in it, and it's the study of how the brain works, okay? And the reason I actually took on this study was because I noticed that, you know, even my uh, most successful clients who were netting seven figures, uh, there was always a limiting belief that they had, it, it seemed, as they were approaching their next level of success. And so in my training, uh, I've come uh, up with basically uh, some tools that allow me to work with clients and help them eliminate those limiting beliefs so that they're more confident and more clear going into those conversations. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause I know I've, after, you know, talking to advisors and you, and you see it in professions too, that if you have a contempt a little bit for your business or your line of work, and if it's sales or a sales process or a sales career, Obviously, that's a, that's a little bit of a mental stumbling block that you have to you have to kind of get through because if you have some contempt for it. Then guess what? You're never going to ask for referrals because you, you don't feel comfortable with it. So staying kind of on on the referral path and uh, going into centers of influence. You know, I know advisors find it challenging 
to build those relationships with centers of influence, uh, as well as you know prof- professional uh, referral sources. Can you speak a little bit to why some avoid this, and and what do you propose for building out their professional referral network? Absolutely. Well, first of all, uh, a great source of professionals to add to your professional network if you haven't already. If you have an established business, uh, then you want to look at, you know, who are those allied professionals that are serving your existing top clients? And then check in with your top clients about those advisors and see who they're, they're happy with in terms of their service who they'd mm-hmm. recommend that you add to the mix in terms of the resources that you offer your clients uh, in terms of other professionals. Uh, so that can be one starting point. And from there, uh, you want to look at, you know, when you schedule those meetings with those professionals that are already working with your clients. Also, it's easier to get an appointment with those folks because you have a client in common. Uh, next, you want to have clear and direct conversations with them about what your intent is. You know, if you're looking for a win-win referral relationship and you're looking for those referrals going in both directions, be clear about that. Ask them up front if they have the opportunity to refer to you and find out if they're wanting additional clients too, mm-hmm. because what I've found is with some of the seasoned professionals, uh, CPAs in particular, they might have a full book already. However, they might be open to developing relationships to refer their business to, uh, even if they're full on their side, it can uh, go a number of ways there. Uh, But you want to find out, you know, who their ideal client is, what their area of expertise is, how they take care of their clients, and if they have the bandwidth to serve extra clients as well. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, well, th- thanks for that that overview. And I, th- I think that's it's key that, you know, that's a great key takeaway that someone can get from, uh, you know, from visiting your site. So we all recognize there's a, there's a number of coaches and coaching styles available. And, and looking out at the backdrop, I, I believe specialization or having a, having a niche is a key ingredient. So, because as a generalist, you can't really be absolutely effective. How have you designed your training so it stands out amongst the other uh, coaching or, or consulting solutions that are out there? Well, my focus is on business development for financial services professionals. And so I have a clear system to support advisors with growing their practices and really attracting uh, their ideal clients. And that, that is my focus. And so how I've built it out is that I work with them first on their vision for where they want to head and from there, who they want to serve and who makes the most sense for them to serve given their background, their education, their level of experience and their passion. Okay. And then from there, I look at helping them, you know, like we mentioned earlier, in terms of all of their branding, get their brand in place so they're in a position to effectively attract their ideal clients. And then I help them strategically plan uh, with for all that they want to create and attract in terms of results uh, with a personalized marketing plan. And then I help them fine tune those areas 
that they need to refine in terms of their own skill sets so that they're set up to win. Right, right. So um, as you talk about results, so give us some specific examples of the types of results, you know, practitioners have experienced with the program. Well, uh, and and as well, you're mentioning the program. Uh, One of the newer programs that I have is it's called the Financial Advisor Success Training Program. And it's an online program as well as there's an opportunity for live coaching. And with the group that just went through, I worked with a team of 26 advisors at an RIA locally, mm-hmm. and uh, they, uh, uh, a couple of the regional directors were involved as well as their teams. And one of the groups went from attracting one to two professional referrals per week to four to five per week in a matter mm-hmm. of a few months. Uh, and another one gained uh, $40 million in assets under management uh, during that time period. Another one gained $50 million in assets under management during that time period. Uh, and the common denominator in terms of up-leveling those results was in refining their brand and their brand message, who specifically they were serving, what their area of expertise was, and communicating that effectively to their strategic partners uh, in terms of their professional referral sources and their clients. And as a result, they they very quickly started generating more effective uh, referrals in terms of who their ideal clients were. And in fact, when I first started working with a number of these folks, you know, they were already busy. They were concerned they wouldn't have enough time to focus on the program. And at the same time, they were admitting that they uh, really uh, preferred working with the uh, clients they gained through organic referrals or organic growth versus the other ways that they had available to them. And that they were more effectively through their organic growth strategies, attracting the ideal clients that they and their team uh, were uh, better able to serve, were taking less of their time, and they were able to produce really great results for them. So that's where we focused. So just on a side note, how, how uh, long do typical practices work with you for, for a time period? Or do they say, or do they come to you and say, you know, we're going to be, let's, let's work for three months and see where it goes. Do they say, listen, uh, we need to commit for a year. What do you find is like a typical time frame they work with you? It, it can vary. Uh, typically with this financial advisor success tr- training program, there is a, a core program of four to six months with the team. And then from there, typically I work with them individually. And for some of my clients, I've worked with them for a year, for a few years, up to a decade. And the reason why uh, they like to have me consistently involved is they like the opportunity to take a time out and think strategically, really take stock of the results and see where they need to fine tune their game so that they keep up leveling the game as the year goes through. Okay. So um, I, I want to jump uh, just to digital marketing here a, a little bit. Um, you know, digital marketing seems extremely important and from what I've seen quite a bit, you know, has been a, a, I would call it a Facebook approach, which, you know, my, 
my view of it is it personally sucks, but you know, they approach it with the, with a process of how many likes they can get, which to me, if you're just looking for likes, you're either naive to the incredible capabilities of digital marketing, or you're really on a death spiral of, of minimal effort with, with meager results at best. What's your perception of digital marketing and how critical for visibility and, and credibility is it beyond just a website? I hear you <laughs> with regard to the, the Facebook situation there. Uh, in today's day and age, though, I would say it's, it's, uh, it is critical to have a digital marketing presence. And here you want to be strategic as well. And what I mean by this, you know, uh, you know, a decade or so plus, right? And all of a sudden we were having the same conversation about websites. And from a visibility and credibility standpoint, that's critical to have a website that well represents your brand and your business. And just like, you know, I would say the same uh, with your digital marketing presence expanding into social media, in particular for advisors, LinkedIn, you want to have a consistent uh, brand and message. And when I speak about the brand, there's your opportunity on LinkedIn. You know, there's millions of other people on LinkedIn and all of your competitors are on LinkedIn. So if you have a more refined brand with regard to who you serve and what you're providing, I'd invite you to put that message right on LinkedIn. And it's an opportunity to really get into your uniquely branded system in terms of who you serve, what you specialize in, how you take care of your clients, uh, and you know all of the uh, conversations that you're having or the things you take into account with your clients in the about section of LinkedIn, you can get a little more expansive in terms of where you add value. Uh, as well, what I'd invite you to do with LinkedIn is connect with all of your clients on LinkedIn. And then when you're having your referral meetings or not your referral, your review meetings uh, with your ideal clients in advance, I'd invite you to look at LinkedIn and see who's connected to them. And it might be a more strategic way to ask for introductions where you can be more specific. You know, if you notice, for instance, if you focus on, um, let's say, uh, C-level executives in the tech industry, real narrow, mm -hmm. right? And if you have a client in that space and you looked at their LinkedIn and you notice he's connected to his his peers uh, that are also C-level executives in that tech space, it, it can be easier to get more specific uh, ideal referrals in that way. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with you. The LinkedIn is is incredibly powerful. So um, I'll keep my last professional question short. So is there any uh, final words that you would like to share that perhaps we did not have a chance to discuss or, or to go into greater detail? Well, uh, my final words uh, at this stage of the game, in terms, you know, it's the beginning of the year and uh, I can't say enough about strategic planning. And if you haven't already carved out time to make that happen, I'd invite you to get that time on your calendar. You know, whether you're leading a team of advisors or if you're working solo, you know, really take that time out and think through, you know, what worked last year? What do you want to move forward? Where do you want to start fresh, perhaps uh, with different marketing channels? 
Where do you want to expand your conversations with your ideal clients and your centers of influence and have conversations that can make a more strategic, uh, positive difference this year? And as well, I'd invite you to, uh, if you need support with this process, I'd invite you to check out my financial advisor success training, where the focus of that training is really getting you set up to win along these lines. You know, I'll give you the opportunity to take time out and think about what is your strategic vision for 2022. You know, really give you the opportunity to lay your foundation for success with regard to having your ideal client profile in place, looking at your brand, creating your uniquely branded system, and really having a clear communication strategy for the year ahead. From there, it'll give you the opportunity to personalize your marketing machine based on who your ideal clients are, create your 90-day marketing plan that's personalized to your goals and your area of a focus, and also give you the opportunity to up-level your marketing skills so that you're set to market like a pro and ultimately master your client conversion strategy. So if any of those areas appeal to you in terms of taking time out to sharpen the saw, I'd invite you to check it out at my website at susandanzig.com forward slash fast info, F-A-S-T info, and that'll lead you uh, to additional information. And if you'd like to discuss that with me, uh, just sign up for a 30 minute call and I'd be happy to talk about your business and your focus and where you want to enhance your game in the coming year. Great. Right. Well, th thanks for those, uh, the final messages. So uh, for those of you who have listened to the very recent shows, uh, you know, I end up ending the chat the same way they've always begun. And that is uh, you know, with a few personal questions. So Susan, you're good with it? Absolutely. Good. So what do you do to relax? Uh, mountain biking is my love in terms of relaxing, you know, just, uh, uh, we've got some great Hills in, in the area where I live. I hail from the East Bay and the San Francisco Bay area. And I love going out there with my husband and getting on our bikes and taking a little time out. It's like a, a an opportunity to meditate, get in the fresh air and the outdoors and, uh, have a little time to chill out. Good, good. Uh, what's your uh, what's your greatest joy? My greatest joy. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a few joys. Uh, well, number one, it's definitely working with my clients and support, setting them up to win, and really celebrating their results along the way. Mm -hmm. And uh, on a personal side. Uh, I really enjoy really doing the same thing with my family. And uh, I have a couple of bonus kids who are uh, adulting, okay? Uh, one of them just got into law school. The other one is on his path in the uh, tech industry. And it's really fun to see them uh, take steps and, and experience wins and uh, see them on their path to success. Great. Wonderful. So either living or dead, who's your favorite comedian? My favorite comedian. George Burns. George Burns. Yeah. How about uh, who would you like to have as a dinner guest? 
as a dinner guest. Mm -hmm. um, Oprah. I'd like to have Oprah as a dinner guest, actually. All right. Your, your favorite writer? Well, it's interesting. I'm reading a book called Effortless Marketing for Financial Advisors, which is really <laughs> aligned with my program. And, his, and Steve Moeller wrote so. it. And I'm really enjoying uh, my focus on that book. So he is coming to mind at the moment. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, who's your favorite family member? I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> I would choose so my what, husband. He's my greatest okay. love and my best friend. <laughs> good. good. So, so um, you know, what would you be doing for a profession if you weren't doing what you're doing now? I would probably be helping uh, helping folks manage their businesses in some way if I wasn't exactly doing what I was doing now. It would be, would be related to business. I get inspired about people playing a big game and producing results and uh, really not only setting people up to win, but celebrating their success and supporting them thinking through every aspect of it. Right. Okay. So, uh, and what talent would you uh, wish you had? Well, I really enjoy downhill skiing. And so mm -hmm. if I were to like look at Olympic downhill skiers, there's just, there's clearly another level between where I'm at and those Olympic downhill skiers. So uh, that might be an area where I'd like to focus. Okay. And for last one, uh, what quality do you admire in others? Authenticity. Good. All right. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your responses to the, to those questions. <laughs> so, uh, well, Susan, I really want to thank you again for your time today and, and really sharing uh, your experience and, uh, and insights with the audience. Uh, if the listener would like to find out more about how Susan can greatly enhance their practice, you can visit her at uh, susandanzig.com. We can find out more about the strategies and, and even uh, schedule a complimentary consultation with her. Uh, please don't forget to subscribe to our uh, podcast, A Chat with Hank, on Spotify or wherever you listen to your programs. And again, Susan, thanks once again uh, for giving us your time. It was wonderful that we finally connected and, and really sharing your professional insights and ideas on how to yield really the greatest success through, through coaching and guidance. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Take care.